Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native, father of the Effortless English system. I train you, I teach you. Speak English fluently, you speak English powerfully, you speak English effortlessly, you speak English confidently. When you train, you must join and commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com, go there, join my VIP program and commit, don't quit. And as you know, you will be getting those movie lessons. Not only the Matrix one we're adding now, we're getting the transcripts. Just takes a little time, patience, patience, but we're adding it so VIP members get that for free. Everyone else, non-members, you're going to pay, but not too bad, not too much. But also future VIP members, you get future movies. For example, the movie we're doing now, Jerry Maguire. So join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Wearing my Link t-shirt today. I got it yesterday. L-I-N-G-Q. I got this from uh, Stephen Mark Kaufman. Gave this to me. Nice, very nice little gift. So I thought I'd do it and promote their website. It's very nice. I use it myself for Japanese and Spanish. Had a great time yesterday meeting Steve Kaufman. This is the first time I've met him face to face. I we were talking how we have, you know, known each other over 13 years. Way back just before I started Effortless English. I was a tutor, <laughs> a conversation partner at Link for a little while. And then I started Effortless English, and I've kind of stayed in contact with Steve over these years. He's a really great guy. They've got a great website. And Mark is his son. Mark is the actual CEO who runs Link, right? He, he's the business, the, the leader of the whole business side of Link. Anyway, we had a really nice uh, chat. We had uh, we did a brief video, a couple of brief videos, very short ones, just in the lobby of his hotel. We were waiting for Mark. Mark was coming from uh, Tokyo. So we were in the hotel. We just, uh, in the lobby, we had a tea and a coffee together and uh, had a nice long conversation. It was really wonderful about language learning, about education, lots of different things, travel, about Japan, and... We did a couple of very, just really short videos because we only had our cell phones, right? So the, I think the audio quality was good enough, but we will do a proper interview, a proper interview, as the British might say. We'll do one of those probably next week or the week after. So Steve and I already talked about this. When he gets home, he's going back. I think he's flying back today. When they get back to Vancouver, we'll do, you know, an, an online interview and I'll talk to him, you know, like an hour or something. So we can really go into a lot of topics and, and talk uh, more deeply about them. But anyway, we did these little short, like 10 minute videos yesterday. One I already put on my YouTube channel. I, w I interviewed Steve for just a few minutes. And the other one, he interviewed me. 
and he will add that to his YouTube channel, I don't know, probably next week after he gets home. So anyway, I hope you, you know, please check it out. They're great, great, great guys. And uh, we, another cool thing we talked about at the end of the night, we, we, so Mark came, his son came, also super cool guy, very, very nice guy, very friendly and just all around awesome people. And anyway, we went to dinner together and we were chatting and we chatted about this polyglot conference that they attended in Japan. It's a conference of language learners, basically. And uh, we started talking about doing one ourselves because, you know, we have our own, we agree, I, I don't know, uh, 9900% about language learning and language teaching. So we started talking, we thought, well, you know, it'd be cool, it would be cool if Effortless English and Link organized an online language learning conference. So we do it online, so you don't have to fly around the world to attend, right? It's really not necessary. It's a lot of money to attend these conferences. They're far away, but we could just do it online and we would get like a lot of different speakers and we would schedule different like live stream uh, speeches and chats about different topics. So just like a conference, just like a seminar, but uh, online instead of, uh, you know, in some faraway place. And we were thinking, well, we could invite lots of language learners and teachers that we like, that follow our methods and our system. So people like Oscar Peus, Unlimited Spanish, for example. Steve and Mark, of course, at Link, and myself for Effortless English, and, you know, others. There's a guy, I think they said, named Piotr, who teaches using mini stories, and he teaches Polish, people who are learning the Polish language. And I think there are some, you know, we, we, we'll do some research, but I think there's some people, uh, I think there's someone doing it in f- French. Maybe we could get our own Carol to do a live stream if we do this live this conference it maybe be like one week long i'm not sure we're just chatting about it. it's just an idea right now it's not a plan it's just an idea but a cool idea i think i think there's someone maybe doing it doing things in german which would be cool uh what other languages are there out there people doing teaching like this oh japanese my wife yeah so anyway we'll see We'll see. But I, I like the idea. An online language learning conference. I don't know what we'll call it. But, uh, you know, kind of sponsored and organized by Link and Effortless English. This is our idea. I'll let you know as we talk more about it. I'm going to, we'll, we'll be communicating and we'll see. I think it'd be kind of fun. Maybe some cool people too, like uh, Luca and uh, Ali Richards and people like that too. We'll see. All right, now, speaking of, and, you know, we're live on YouTube. I'll get to your questions and comments in a minute. But before that, I would like to discuss a topic. It's a topic that Steve Kaufman has talked about already. And we, yesterday, when we were chatting, having coffee and tea together in the lobby, we uh, talked about this. So, he has a he has a video about it, but... I want to talk about it too because it's quite interesting. There's this woman, and I forget the details. I can't remember her name. <laughs> She's a someone who learned a lot of languages, a polyglot, a linguist. I think 
about a hundred years ago, this woman lived. So not recently. And of course, it was more difficult to learn languages then, no internet. But anyway, this woman learns many languages. She was from, uh, I think, Hungary, maybe? Anyway, the important part of this story <laughs> is she made, she had a formula. So she was a very successful person who learned a lot of languages. And she had a formula, like what is the formula for learning a language? Like what is the, you know, what do you need to succeed? The formula for success, learning a language, learning English for you, learning any language. And it's a very simple formula and it's quite interesting. So it, it's like a little math formula she did. So on the top, she had motivation times multiplied by time, time spent with the language, okay? So motivation times multiplied by time, time listening, time reading, right? Input time. So that's the top of the formula. And on the bottom, it's divided by, so this makes it less, divided by inhibition. Inhibition. Inhibition means it's really about any kind of emotion that, that holds you back, right? It's, it's kind of, basically, it's any negative emotion, any negative. Dr. Krashen has a uh, kind of academic name for this. He calls it the affective filter. But let's just use a simple word, shall we? Stress. I'll just say, let's just say stress or negativity, <laughs> okay? But stress is... A very short, simple word. So that's, I'm going to change the formula a little and make it easier. All right, so on the top, we have motivation and time. And then on the bottom, this is what hurts your learning, what makes your learning go more slowly, is stress. Stress about the language. And then that equals success or fluency. Very simple. But let's look at the, each little part. Let's look at the top first. Okay, motivation times time, right? Motivation multiplied by time. That's a very simple formula. What I like about it is it makes you focus on what truly is important as you learn English. And it makes you forget about all the other stuff that is not important. In fact, all the other stuff that causes stress, which we'll talk about in a minute. So you need motivation. I mean, as a teacher, as your coach, this is probably my first job is to try to help you stay motivated, stay positive about English learning, enjoy it, be interested in it. This is my, you know, that's what a coach does, right? Like a sports coach. One thing a sports coach does, a very important thing, is to keep the players feeling confident and strong and motivated. So we need motivation. Number two, time. I, I like measuring time. Like this is how I measure my, this is, this is the only thing I really track, that I count, that I focus on with my own language learning, with Japanese right now. And I'm doing it, I just started doing it with Spanish too. I only count the number of hours that I'm doing it. That's all. I count time. That's it. I don't, I'm not going to take a bunch of tests. I don't know if I'm an A1 or B1 officially. I can guess, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I don't care. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not counting Anki words, right? Like, how many flashcards do I know? I'm not even counting words. 
I mean, uh, like Steve counts words a lot. Like in, in Link, you can count words. I have a word count, but I, I really didn't, don't even care about that. Okay, because all that, I find all of those measurements, trying to focus on those things, increase stress. I find all of those things cause more stress, more stress, more stress. And I want to reduce stress. Whereas one thing that causes no stress at all is just counting my time with the language. Number one, it's super easy to control, right? If I listen for an hour, I count one hour. That's easy. It's clear. It's easy. It's no stress. I do one hour or I do 30 minutes or I do five hours, whatever, right? There's no performance. This is the key thing. There's no stress about performing. I'm not stressed. Uh, am I getting better? What is my level? Am I good enough? Oh my God. I'm not stressing out about all of that stuff, right? I'm just like, oh, I did another hour. Easy. That's all. It's super low stress. Test scores are high stress. Some of you, you know, you worry about a TOEFL score or a TOEIC score. But that really makes you stress because then, oh, am I good enough? Can I get to that? Oh, I don't know. And it, and it, this is going to hurt you. We'll see in the bottom of the formula. It actually causes you to learn more slowly and improve more slowly. Not good. Uh, some people stress about level. Right? They're always worried about, am I B1? Am I A2? Am I B2? How do I get to C1? And they're constantly, constantly, constantly worried about that and, and kind of stressed about it. And again, it creates stress. And the problem with stress, stress reduces your motivation. Right? It's the opposite of motivation. <laughs> so counting time, that's all I do. I count hours. Right? So the top of the formula, time and motivation, they're connected. Motivation, of course, is your positive feelings about the language, the, your positive feelings about English, your desire to, to, put, to do the time, right? Your desire to listen each day, your, your desire to study or read each day. Your enjoyment of the language. All of these things make motivation that are, are connected to motivation or increase motivation. And of course, of course, of course, if you're more motivated, you will naturally and more easily spend more time reading and listening. If you're not motivated, it's hard to do a lot of hours, right? If your motivation drops, then it's, uh, you need a big effort. To listen you need a big effort to read right but on the other hand if you're highly motivated you're excited about English then it's much easier to put in more time more time more time okay the final part of this formula which is the really probably the more the most important one the one that we have to focus on is stress on the bottom stress or inhibition this is where schools are so bad, so terrible. I mean, the, we know the methods in schools don't work, but the other, maybe even worse thing in schools, the, what's so terrible about language classes and things, is they create this huge amount of stress, negative feelings about learning, about English, in your case. Right? I mean, number one, what do they do? They're constantly testing you constantly testing you. So you're always getting stressed about your performance, which is stupid. When you're a beginner, 
especially even as an intermediate level, it's just foolish to focus on performance. You can't perform yet. Of course not. You're not fluent yet. So it's really stupid to get stressed about forgetting some vocabulary words. It's it's foolish to make students stressed about you know forgetting some grammar rule. Of course they will. Okay, so it doesn't help at all. It just creates a huge amount of stress about performing, uh, fear of making mistakes, all of this stuff. And so as that bottom part, the stress, the inhibition gets more and more and more, it, what does it do? Well, it, it makes your motivation less and less and less. It makes you want to do less and less and less time with English. And therefore, your improvement becomes super slow or you don't improve at all zero improvement which happens a lot with people in classes no improvement at all so effortless english and steve agrees over at link they feel the same way you know we have a, we have just three simple goals right if we ha if we kind of follow this basic formula it becomes very simple not necessarily easy, but simple. What we need to do to get faster success. Number one, we have to increase our motivation, higher motivation, and we have to lower the stress with English. And they, they do kind of work opposite. So you want to create the most good feelings and excitement and enjoyment with English as possible. So you want to be listening and reading to things that are interesting to you, that are enjoyable to you. For the stress part, just don't take tests, okay? Don't worry about your level. Don't worry about making mistakes. Don't try to memorize grammar rules. None of that, okay? Don't get upset if you forget vocabulary, okay? It's all normal. You will, all these things happen. So what? Who cares? Native speakers do this. Kids do this all the time. Even adults do. So you want to just eliminate all stress from English. Get rid of all of that if you can. Some of you, I know, some of you for a job, you have to take the TOEFL, for example. I know. Some of you have to do some kind of maybe job interview in English. I know some of you have, you know, these requirements that are stressful. Okay. But try to get rid of all the other stress, okay? Get, don't, don't, don't take English classes. Just get, quit, leave. Get rid of your grammar books. Read, read, read. Listen, listen, listen to interesting things. Especially those mini stories. We'll talk, I'll talk to Steve more about that next week. The mini stories and why they're so powerful and effective. But mini stories as the core, the center. And then just lots of others. After that, just books and podcasts and TV and movies and everything. Natural, real stuff that's interesting. Low stress. No tests. No level measurements. None of that stuff. And then, the second, and then the other, the final part of the formula to make better is your time. That's why we're doing the challenge right now. More time each day, right? You push yourself. If, if you're motivated, if you're enjoying it, if you have low stress, well, then now you can push yourself each day. Do a little more, a little more time each day. Instead of two hours, try to do three. If you were doing three hours in the past, Try to do four hours a day now, right? Increase that time. And that's it. That is the super simple formula to speak faster, speak better, get 
much better success and enjoy it all more, which is why we call it effortless English, because it feels enjoyable. Okay, so that's the formula. It's a very simple formula, and it comes from this woman. Like I said, I can't remember. I'll ask Steve in the interview the woman's name. I can't remember. But anyway, this woman from like 100 years ago that learned a lot of languages. This was her simple formula, and I think it's a very good one. I agree with Steve about that. So there you go. And that's why we talk about motivation. That's why in my book, again, the first half of my book is about psychology and motivation. Tony Robbins says, in anything, not just language learning, in any skill in life, any success in life, 80% is your attitude, your psychology, your mindset. Only the 20% is the method you use, the specific skills. But 80% of your success comes from your psychology, emotion, motivation, right? All these things. Again, we find the same idea. So that's why it's so important to manage your motivation, to keep it high. And on the other side, it's so important to reduce or eliminate all stress with about English, all stress connected to English. You want to get rid of it all. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. I go again, same person. Thank you so much. Right? You want to get rid of this. Get rid of the stress completely. That's why I'm against testing. Testing is useless, especially for beginners and intermediate level. It does nothing except create stress. Why would you test a beginner language learner, a beginning English learner? It's, it's foolish. It, it's pointless. It's, it's, more than, it's worse than pointless. It, it's harmful. It's harmful. All right, let's go on now to some comments and questions. Nirman says, True, stress kills our ability to learn. For instance, I was more stressed when I was appearing for my English exams during my school days. I didn't upgrade my level. Now I'm doing better. Right, so many of you are, have this experience, right? That in school, you were not improving, you were too stressed out. You maybe graduated, you left school. Maybe you had a break for a year or a few years and then you decided, oh, I'm going to work on, I'm going to improve my English again. And then you start Effortless English and now what? Now you're improving much better than when you were in school and you're not stressed, you're enjoying it now. It's a very common situation. As I same thing happened with my Spanish. Yeah, here's an example of enjoyable content. Aldo Sari says, I hope you're doing fine. What do you think about learning English through Louis L'Amour's books? Great. I think it's fantastic. Louis L'Amour wrote a lot of books. He was a good writer. Uh, let's see. I've read, I've only read one of his books called The Walking Drum, which was fantastic. That one's about mm, like medieval Europe, Middle Ages, but most of his books were about cowboys and things like that. And yes. Read a lot of his books. That's great, right? You just choose things that you find interesting. It's, that's low stress. It's enjoyable. Your motivation goes up. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, like Milena says, Hi, Jay from Sicily. It's true. If you must study, you're stressed and you don't learn in the best way. In order to eliminate stress, it's better to say, enjoy your English, not study English. I agree. Enjoy English. Listen and read English. Listen to and, and read English. But you're not really studying, right? Especially at your level. 
Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, like Sarah says, I really like your mini stories. Mini stories are great. They are very powerful. We'll talk, like I said, I talked to Steve a little bit yesterday about mini stories, but we'll talk more next week about it, specifically why they are so powerful, because they are very, very powerful. Yeah, well, Dalal, good point. What about a job interview situation? A lot of stress. How do we overcome it, especially if English is not our native language? Indeed. Right? So you can see this. You can see this. Let's forget English. Let's just say your own language. You have a job interview. Very important job interview. You need this job. You're starving to death. <laughs> okay. So it's in your language, but you feel this huge stress. What happens? Your ability to think gets much worse, right? They ask you questions and you suddenly, you it's hard for you to talk. It's difficult for you to think in your own language. It's difficult for you to speak well, right? Your speaking becomes, um, uh, uh, and your speaking's terrible. You sound horrible. Now, in a normal situation, and when you're very relaxed, ah, you're a good speaker. You can talk easily. You're very intelligent. You can think clearly. No problem. But inside this stressful situation of the job interview, like you lose your own, your ability in your own language. Why is it? Well, that just shows you why stress is so terrible, right? The power of stress to completely destroy <laughs> your ability to perform well. Public speaking is the other, you know, another common example. You are a good speaker. If you talk to your best friend or your, you know, someone in your family, you can talk and talk and talk and talk, no problem, but about some topic. But then if you stand in front of 500 people and you talk about the same topic, suddenly you can't talk anymore. Suddenly your hands are shaking, your voice sounds bad, you can't think, your, your, your speaking becomes really bad. This is even in your language. It's even worse in English, right? Again, it's just the stress. So this shows us why we have to reduce it. Dalal is saying, what can we do to overcome it, right? If we have to do a stress, have to be in a stressful situation, we have to train for it. Watch my videos on YouTube, my playlist about public speaking and job interviews. I'll give you a basic idea. Read my book about, it will also help you get an idea of what to do. But the short answer is that you have to train in your practice time, in your home time. You have to practice and you have to kind of create some stress and uh, some difficulty when you're practicing. So then you're ready for it in the real situation, right? So like public speaking, this is a big problem. A lot of people, when they practice public speaking, well, they're practicing their speech at home, but everything's very calm. There's no stress. They're relaxed, completely relaxed, and they're just kind of standing in their room and they're talking and everything's very calm and easy. Well, that's no good. You're not getting ready for the stress. So, of course, you do well when you practice, but then in the real speech, you do badly because you're not ready for the stress. So you have to kind of create or at least mimic, we say mimic, kind of copy, imitate stressful situations. One thing you can do, what happens when you're stressed? Your heart beats faster and you breathe kind of heavier or shorter. So what you can do when you're practicing public speaking at home, you can first make your heart beat fast and your breathing get heavier, faster, then practice your speech. 
How do you do that? Well, you just exercise. You just jump up and down, do some do some quick hard exercise for about two minutes. Your, <laughs> your body at least is a little stressed. Maybe your mind is not really, but your body is. It's a kind of a physical stress reaction. It's very similar to what happens with stress. So then as you're kind of breathing heavily and you're a little tired and your heart's beating faster, then you practice your speech feeling that way. This is closer to the real situation and you'll be better prepared. So that's kind of how you do it. It's self-defense. They do the same thing. Learning how to fight. You know, like in the, in the, in the military, they'll do this. Now, this is an interesting question. Sun Caprio. How to be more effective and more efficient without getting more stress? Well, sometimes, right, this is a good point. Sometimes we have to choose a little bit. Sometimes there might be a very, very efficient way, we think, right? It's like to, to learn better English or language, but it's boring and it's stressful. So actually, it's not really more efficient because we can maybe do it for one day or two days, but eventually it will make us more bored. It will hurt our motivation. And actually, and if you think long term, it will actually make us learn more slowly. So this is a very good point. Uh, so sometimes we do have to choose uh, and do things that seem that seem less efficient, but they're more enjoyable. So like, for example, in Japanese recently, I did this because, okay, maybe most efficient, I would be doing, I don't know, doing Anki, doing flashcards for two hours a day, but I hate it. <laughs> it's boring and it kills my motivation. So instead I watch anime or I listen to stories or something. Is that, you know, am I missing something because I'm not doing the flashcards? Maybe short term, but long term, I'm keeping my motivation higher. This will help me in the long run. Oh, nice. Jarmila's got up early to watch the show. Greetings from the Czech Republic. I decided to get up sooner today to watch your show. I'm still sleeping. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And again, thank you for the super chat. I'm just going to put it up here again. Um, I, wish, I wish I could read this alphabet and pronounce your name correctly, but I'm sorry. But thank you so much. Yeah, like Sarah says here, the most important thing is motivation. If you have motivation, you can find the time and your stress is decreased. Exactly. And they're all connected, right? Stress decreases motivation. And low motivation decreases the time you want to do. So they're all connected. Hey, Lisa, good to see you. You're up early too, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, now here's a now here's a common question. How can I motivate my students to practice English? Well, I'll give you two answers. You know, fundamentally, <laughs> meaning, you know, at at the at the core, you cannot I mean, you can, you can do things to help improve their motivation, 
but they have to have some motivation already. If they really have none, or if it's really, really bad. So for example, if you are teaching in a school, this is another problem with school. They're forcing people to do things. They're forcing students to learn things or study things they don't care about at all. They don't need at all. So if you have a student and the student hates English or is has no interest, zero interest, does not care, not interested at all, you cannot motivate them. You can't force someone. You can encourage them. You can try to make it interesting. You can do a lot of things that might help, but in the end, it's their choice. It's their choice. And not everybody is motivated to learn English. Not, you know, I disagree with this idea. Not every, that everyone must learn English. No, they don't. Everyone does not need English, okay? Most people don't need it. <laughs> they don't need it. A lot of people want it. Is it useful? Of course it's very useful. But does everyone need it? No. I don't think we should force people to learn English. Give them the opportunity, give them the choice, but forcing, no. I think we can expose them to English for younger students, you know, give them a, give them some enjoyable experiences with English and then a lot of, a lot more will like it, a lot more will be motivated to learn it. That's great. But this idea of that we have to force every single person that they must practice English, I disagree. So I do my best for motiv to motivate. When I was teaching in classes, I did my best. But if some student had a bad attitude, if they really didn't care, I mean, honestly, I wanted them to leave my class. I didn't want them in there. Why should they be there? Just go, leave, go. You don't want to learn English? Fine, don't. <laughs> I don't care, you know? We, we don't need to control everybody. And maybe they'd be happier learning Spanish or something else okay Asma's asking about shadowing I enjoy learning English by your help but I want to speak and practice shadowing should I have text on paper to do it in the good way? Well, you can watch Alexander Argeles' videos. He explains his technique for it. You don't have to, you don't need, I don't, when I do it, I don't use text at all. I just listen and do it, listen and do it. The main reason is it makes, it forces my, me to concentrate more. That's really why I do it. <laughs> uh, it I, I, right now, I'm not really too focused on speaking. So... I do it really as a way to improve my concentration. If I'm trying to shadow, then I notice more. I focus better. So you can just do it with only audio. You don't have. You can use text. I think you know. It, you can also read along as you do the shadowing. That's easier, but you don't have to. Stress spelled backwards is desserts. Hmm. It is. <laughs> no, Alex, I'm gonna I, I'm giving I'm answering your question before I read it. Should I ask native speakers to correct my pronunciation and mistakes when we are talking? No. 
No, 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 no. That Talk about stress. You'll be super stressed if you do this. If you do this, after about 10 minutes, you're going to be stressed because I guarantee you will be making a lot of, mis- uh, you know, doing making a lot of mistakes. So they'll be correcting you constantly and then you won't want to talk anymore. So absolutely don't do this. Now, what you can do is you could ask them to make maybe write down some notes and then at the end, they could give you like some suggestions or something. That's not so bad. But uh, during your talk, just communicate. Don't get stressed about your performance and certainly don't have anyone correcting your mistakes. It doesn't help. It's already difficult just to think and, and speak. You don't want to be worrying about mistakes while you're doing it. Maybe after. So, yeah, don't, don't increase your stress, Alex. No fun. Amongba says, I salute you from India. I salute you back. Mikhail, good morning from Poland. Nice, good to see you. You look a little bit like, in that picture, Mikhail's uh, profile picture looks a little bit like Walter White. Heisenberg. He's got the Heisenberg hat and the Heisenberg sunglasses on. Ah, share. I'll give some good advice for you too. I learned Vietnamese now in Vietnam. Oh, I learned Viet. You're learning Vietnamese. Oh, I, I mean, think. So I think you're Chinese learning Vietnamese. Is that right? When I pronounce it wrong, they say bad things and laugh at me. Who's they? Vietnamese people or the teachers or other students? They learn with me in the same. Oh, it's other students. I feel shy and unhappy. How do I handle these bad people? Hey, yeah, this sucks. Um, you look fairly young in your picture. If you were, if you're old enough, I would say leave the class. You, you don't need that. It's not. It's hurting your. It's it's right. It's killing your motivation. This is it's going to actually harm you. You're 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 learning much more slowly because you're in this stupid class. So if you have a choice, I would say leave, quit the class, stop going. Okay, you can study via you can study any language. You can study Vietnamese yourself at home better. Okay, you can you know find you got to find some. You can use the same materials you're using at your school. You can probably find some good, uh, I don't know, podcasts, little stories that have writing and audio, both. Uh, And you can just do what you're doing. Do exactly the same as effortless English, basically. You follow the same method, but you do it with Vietnamese. And forget all those people. You will pass them eventually, okay? But, yeah, they're a bunch of idiots, That's my best advice is leave. If you can't leave, I don't know what to say. Ah, it sucks. This is why I hate schools, man. I hate them. I hate them. So share if you know if you can't leave the class, uh, can you switch classes maybe? Um ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's a terrible situation. I guess you have to do your best to just ignore them. But my advice is leave. It's a bad class. It's a bad teacher if, that allows that. Mm. 
Aloha, Chambi Kim says. Aloha to you. You must be in Hawaii. <laughs> I think I remember, actually. You are in Hawaii. Yeah, see, this is interesting. Shana says, speaking with an English native speaker makes you feel relaxed. And they do, they do not care some... And not care so much for speaking, but with non-English, non-native speakers makes you f- care about grammar and vocab. Yeah, it's interesting. I've noticed this does happen sometimes. You know why? Native speakers don't care. We don't care. We don't care if you make a mistake. We don't care about your grammar. All right? We only care about understanding and communication. And often, not always, but often it's the non-native speakers, other English learners that are all crazy and they, they laugh at you or they, they, they say, they criticize if you make a mistake. Why? Because their ego, because they, they know they're not so good. They know that they also make mistakes. They know they're not confident about their English. So they criticize you to try to feel better. No, but not all, of, not all of them do that, but I've noticed this. Uh, a lot of non-native English teachers, so in a lot of countries where the English teacher, their English is not very good, they're usually the worst teachers. Not really because their English is not good, but because they have a bad attitude. They they're constantly make their students feel bad because they're not confident about their own ability. It's quite, yeah, makes me angry actually. Like with Cher's situation, kind of makes me angry. It's not good. <laughs> All right, Ramka. I'll answer this question. Pomka, is it? Do you think it's possible to start learning a new language in my 30s or is it too late? It's too late. You're old and you're going to... You, you can't do anything anymore. Hmm? I'm joking. Of course, it's not too late. That's ridiculous. I'm 51. I've started learning Japanese and I'm 51. Steve Kaufman is 74. He's learning Arabic, Turkish, and Persian at the same time. He's 74. There is no too late until you're dead. Okay? If you're alive and your brain's working, it's not too late. 30s is young. Are you kidding me? You're in your 30s. You're young. Okay? You're still young. And even if you're not young, it doesn't matter. Okay? If you're in your 50s like me, it doesn't matter. Your brain still works. You know why people's have problems when they get older? Well, because they get lazy. It's not the age. It's the laziness. It's the same with your physical body. Yes, our bodies are not quite as strong as we get older, but still, you know, like I'm 50, I'm still in quite good shape. I feel good. And you can meet people in their 70s who are still very active, quite strong. Why? Because they continue to exercise. They keep moving and exercising and they keep their body fit. But you can also meet people who are 30, who are fat and weak and lazy. Why? Because when they were 18 or 20, they stopped exercising, they stopped caring, right? And then and then for 10 years or 15 years, they're doing nothing but playing video games, watching TV, and eating bad food. And so they're only 30, they're only 35, but they're in terrible shape. Their body is weak and fat and horrible. 
It's not the number, 35. It's the, it's the, all that lazy time doing nothing. Well, your brain's the same. If you stop learning, you stop challenging your brain, you don't get new experiences, you don't try to learn anymore. Well, after five years, after 10 years, your brain does get slower. Your brain gets lazier. This is a good reason to learn languages. It's a good reason to work on English at any age, even if you're 80. Keeps your brain active and strong. So, Pumpkin, I was just joking. Of course, 30s, you're fine. Yeah, of course. It's no problem. No problem at all. Okay, and, and I'll just, like I said, I'll answer the question. If you're 80, it's still not too late. Okay. Oh, okay. Yiswan Lai says, As I read books translated to Chinese from English or Japanese, some sentences are not natural. Does the same situation happen between English and Spanish? What happens in all translations if the translators, if the translators bad, not good? Right. It's this is the key thing. You can't just translate word for word. This is the problem with Google Translate, that it translates mostly word for word, and so you get these unnatural sentences sometimes. It's a, so it's a problem in any translation. If the translator is really good, they will avoid this and it will sound natural. But if the translator is not so good. This is this problem happens. Yeah. So can it happen English and Spanish? Yes, it can. Now English and Spanish are closer, so I think translating is easier, but it still happens. Yes, it can happen. Yeah, Dr. Hamza says, in schools nothing is connected. The children are confused. Because they get all these facts, all this information, but none of it is connected to each other. That's right, and then none of it is in a and none of it is in a real world situation that is important to them. Right? They're trying to make something. They're trying to do something. Right? None of it. It's just these little random facts, kind of that, or sometimes lies <laughs> that they're trying to remember, and they 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 don't even see like how does this help my life. It, usually it doesn't. Okay, Maddie says I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to read manga, comics, and books, but I understand sixty to seventy percent because I don't know the vocab. Can you give me some advice? Okay, yeah, so that's a little low. It's hard to do. My advice is if you can do it for books, you to read ebooks. If if you can get ebooks, you know, Kindle or something like that, then uh, this is not such a problem because you can, you know, you can just very quickly touch, right? If you, if it's on a phone, if it's on a laptop, you can click on a word you don't know and it will show the meaning, right? 
you have to you have to get a translation dictionary <laughs> in inside your app, but you get the idea. And then you can kind of read something like this. It's not it's not too bad. But if if it's a physical book, then it's really hard, right? If it's paper book, because then you know to to use a to try to look up, right? To type in every word you don't know becomes too slow. So for the paper books, I would say just wait until you know more. So I have the same problem in Japanese. I can I have a bunch of manga over here. I want to I want to read. It's paper books, but they're all too difficult. It's fair. I've tried going through them and reading them and it's just really frustrating it's so slow i just i i don't do it so i just save them I'm, i don't throw them away i save them for later and instead now i just focus on stories and things that are electronic where i can very quickly find the meaning Yeah, I like this quote from Philippe Petit. Alan says, choose your teachers, choose your students. I agree. There should be choice on both sides. Both sides. Students should not be forced to have a, a specific teacher. I agree. The students should have that power, right? To be the masters of their own learning. And, and, and parents, right? For kids, parents and, and the students should be able to choose their teachers, not be forced by some school. You must have this teacher. That's terrible. But on the other side, teachers also have choice. And I think teachers also must have the choice to get rid of students they don't like or they don't want. Yeah, like Eva says about lifelong learning, uh, we have some proof that learning stimulates the brain to make new cells and improve its condition all over. Yes, that's right. There's, so, there's a lot of studies and things that show, but basically the idea is use it or lose it. <laughs> it's the same with your body. Use it or lose it. And with your brain, if you're not challenging your brain and continuing to learn, it will get slower and stupider. Basically, you get stupider. <laughs> okay. But you all, you're learning English, you keep challenging yourself. It's fantastic. It's a great reason to do it because it keeps your brain and your mind overall smarter and faster and more clear. And Chan B. Kim is indeed in Hawaii. I remember you. I speak three languages, Korean, Japanese, and English. I thought I'd never would. I used to live in Japan. I live in Hawaii now. In order to survive, I learn them. When you need it, you can get it. Well, there is something about this motivation of, of strong need. It helps. Like, this is exactly what happened to me with Japanese. I've been coming to Japan. <laughs> Uh, for staying here, you know, living kind of part-time at different times for many years. And I learned just enough Japanese to survive, about 100 or 200 words. <laughs> and that's all. And then I had no more motivation. I don't know why. Just uh, in my mind, oh, it's too difficult. Oh, I don't have time. And then suddenly, this year, my two babies were born. We decided uh, we're going to stay in Japan. We're going to live here full time and raise our children in Japan. 
And suddenly, my whole my life situation changed, and my motivation to learn Japanese went from almost zero to super, super high. Right? And now I'm very motivated to learn it because now I need it, now I want it. I have family members, of course, my children, but also nephews and nieces and other family, my wife's family that I want to talk to. And I'm just living here. I want it's you know, I want to enjoy my life here more. So suddenly, now I have a strong need and a strong desire, and my motivation is very, very high. And that's okay. I think it's you know, I don't I'm not I don't like forcing things so much. Right? So before I kind of, I, I thought、oh, it's a good idea. I should learn Japanese, but I just the motivation was not there and I didn't force myself. Now I really want to do it. So it's great. So it's the same, I think, for you. You don't have to force yourself. Right? And often you'll find when something changes in your life, suddenly that motivation will increase a lot all, you know, on its own. Oh, Fabi Shan says, if one understands everything you say on your shows, is this a decent knowledge of English?、It's, yeah, it is. Is it up to you as a native speaker? Well, you know, of course, there's also the speaking side, but you have to realize, you know, native speakers, people, this idea of native speaker,、um, Native speakers, there's a big difference in native speakers. Some of them have fairly small vocabulary, right? They, they're not, they, they don't go to school much, they don't read, maybe they're just not very intelligent. And they're still native speakers, they're still fluent, right? And then on the other hand, you can have people who constantly read all the time, who know a lot of words, a huge vocabulary. They're also native speakers. So, you have, right? So, you understand this that、uh, this idea of speaking like a native, you, no, you don't need to have a giant number of words, but you need to be very fluent, you need to be very confident, very relaxed. So, right, I'm using. You know, if you, if you can speak as I do, yes, you're, you're right up there as a native speaker, for sure. Now, of course, I know a lot of more vocabulary than I use. That's normal. Everybody does that. But you're doing well. Let me just say that. You're doing well. Ah,、uh, the t shirt, a gift from my sister. No, this is a gift from Steve Kaufman. See, link. It says their website. Can you see it? It says, learn languages from content you love. That's a nice little phrase there. They gave me this t shirt yesterday. Very nice. Their website. Oh, no, that's interesting. I didn't know you did this, Lisa. In Europe, the clock will be reset one hour this weekend. They do that in America, too, for wintertime. How is it in Japan? No, they don't change the time here, which I like. But America, they do it.、Uh, when do they do it in America? I think they changed it. I think it's next month they do it in America. But、uh, here in Japan, they, it's, it's the same time always. <laughs> okay, about time to go. Sergey, good to see you. Thank you. Hi, best teacher in the world. Blessings. Thank you. Good to see you again.
Okay. Oh, Brahm with the question, should we say native language, mother language, or mother tongue? They're all correct. Doesn't matter. They all mean the same thing. Just different ways to say the same thing. Yeah, Chanel, this is sort of the worst example. I notice when people get older, not all people, but a lot of people, when they get older, they stop learning and they start waiting for death. <laughs> Most of their time is just waiting for a doctor's appointment. Yeah, it's sad, but true, right? It is true. There are a good number that do this. They just focus on all their physical problems. They don't exercise. They don't change their eating. They just complain about their physical problems. They don't learn anything. Yeah, it's a sad way. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how you age badly. That's aging badly. You know, as long as we're alive, let's try to live. Yeah, Cher, I know. Uh, you should tell Steve that he should add Vietnamese on link because I need learning Vietnamese. Yeah, I know, right? They don't have it. That might be an easy one for them to add because it uses the, you know, Roman letters. So it's a little bit, uh, I think that's technically easier for them to do. Let me see their languages they have. Here, I'll show you my screen. I mean, this is Link. Hmm, let's see. No, they don't have Vietnamese yet. Nope. All right. Well, we can mention it to them. <laughs> we were talking yesterday about Thai, them adding the Thai language. I'm not sure if they're going to, but... Yeah, I agree, Cher. That would be great just to use Link. Uh, I don't know because I've never studied Vietnamese, so I can't give you... But maybe there's some good stuff out there. I don't know. That would be useful to you for learning Vietnamese independently. But Cher, you'll be, get better results learning independently at home. Don't get, don't worry about your class, you know? I know it's hard, but uh, they're idiots. That's is nice. Powell says, Powell says, uh, two years with UAJ and a lot of changes in my life for the better, best teacher. Thank you very much, and congrats to you. Congratulations. Oop. Couple more and time to go. Um, uh, is it possible to learn a language in three months from nothing? Uh, well, it depends what do you mean by learn. <laughs> master? No. Uh, master a language from zero to full fluency in three months? No. But can you kind of, in three months, if you were really intensive, like you're doing it all day, every day, could you kind of communicate, you know, badly, you know, badly making a lot of mistakes, but, you know, basic stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think you could. Especially if the language is close to yours. Like I kind of did that with Spanish, right? I, uh, Five years ago, I, before I went to Spain, I did, a, I did Spanish, not really even that much. 
just a couple hours a day. And I did that for about three or four months. And it was enough to do, have like basic communication in Spain. Was I fully fluent? Of course not. But, you know, I was happy. <laughs> I was quite happy with the result. So yeah, you can make surprising progress, especially especially from zero. You know, in three months, you can kind of get up to a, a, you know, a really basic level. There's Medi. Good to see Medi. Yay. Let's say hi to Medi. Medi, morning coach. The way I see it, the only English learning formula is to have a clear goal, a long-term one or a short one. Yeah, that helps too. And it's actually nice to have both. You know, it's funny you said this, Medi, because I just was thinking about this myself with Japanese. And I just, uh, I just realized, okay, I do. I need a short goal. Like, uh, I need a goal. I need, I need, a, I want a specific goal for the rest of our challenge. Our challenge ends next month, end of November. So I thought, like, what's my goal? And I decided, all right, I want to reach 600 hours. So I'm at like 450 hours, 460 hours right now of Japanese. So I want to do like another 140 hours. So that's possible. That's about four hours a day. I can do that. Um, And then I thought, well, I also should have a long-term goal. So then I have another goal for my birthday, which is to reach, which is in March. And that's to reach a thousand hours of Japanese by March. So it's one that's short and one that's not, you know, a little bit longer. Those goals can be motivating. And then, of course, you can have real-life goals, too. Hey, Abraham Ali, I'm gonna, this will be your last question. Uh, what do you think about learning phonetics, the phonetic alphabet? Someone told me I should learn it so I can pronounce any word correctly. I find it boring and stressful. Yeah, me, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. The phonetic alphabet. I think it's. I don't know, if you want to do it, fine. But uh, I don't. You don't need it. You don't need it. Listen. If you want to pronounce correctly, you have to. You do it with your ears. Okay, not with a alphabet. So it's gonna. The best way to get good pronunciation is by listening to audios a lot. That's gonna help your pronunciation. So wasting a lot of time on the phonetic alphabet. Eh. I don't think it's that helpful, honestly. I think it, I find it boring to. I don't even read the phonetic alphabet very well. Kind of know it, but not really. So. All right. Bless love. You came just in time for the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it's time for me to go. As always, go to effortlessenglishclub.com. Join my VIP program at effortlessenglishclub.com. Lots of love to you. See you next time.